Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalists John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I'm Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode 13 of our Nature Centered podcast. And this week, it's time for winter. Time to be thinking about winter and those birds that are going to be in your backyard and what you can do now to prepare your yard for winter. Things like what feeders, where to put them, places that provide shelter for our birds this winter, and even the secrets of providing water this winter. We also have a fun kids activity and a couple of you things you can do that are going to be able to help the birds shelter in place in your yard during winter. Yeah, and as we always do, we things that you can do with native plants to enhance your backyard. There's some really great things you can do to help your birds out this winter with the type of plants you have in your backyard. So stick around for the fun and learning. Okay, Brian, <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is it sounds like a lot of work. All these things you're going to do in your yard to get ready for the birds this winter and help the birds this winter. And it sounds like a lot of chores. And having just taken off a couple of extra days last week, to, I had some painting projects on my house and some, some repair projects and stuff. You know, last thing I want to do is spend a whole lot of time with extra chores. But but there really are some very important things that we need to think about. And, and you know, you can kind of have fun doing these things. Oh, for sure. You know, I think about fall chores or for the birds. Well, they literally <laughs> can be, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have to admit, I carry a little baggage. I go back to the day when you, to clean a feeder, you had to have a screwdriver and a nail. You know, all the different things and tools and it took you forever to take them apart. Feeders today are so much easier to clean and, and keep in good shape. So sounds like we're complaining, but we're really not. Yeah, we've been, uh, I, when I say we, that's the, <laughs> that's more my wife, has been cleaning all the windows for winter, kind of that annual cleaning so we can see out. And <laughs> Ooh, she does windows, huh? <laughs> I'm not sure you could afford her. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we also have lots of sticks in the yard and cleaning up all the sticks from all of our trees. But I'll circle back to why picking up sticks can be really important for the birds in wintertime. So we'll get we'll circle back to that on some information later. Ooh, but, a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a stick but, mystery. Yeah, plenty of... I, I really enjoy feeding the birds in winter. And it's. I have found that, yes, it it's much easier to prepare feeding the birds in winter in my yard and getting everything ready and doing it now before that winter time comes what you don't like cleaning your feeders in the middle of a snowstorm come on so yeah something about fingers getting numb in the cold or a blizzardy weather or a cold rain you know and yeah think about all the little birds that are having to deal with that kind of weather too and i'm like if i don't want to be sitting out here taking care of feeders i'm sure they don't want to be sitting out here trying to 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 feed from nasty, dirty things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reality is, you know, some people have the concept, misconception, if you will, that all our birds leave. You know, there's not going to be many birds around the winter, so why do I need to feed birds in the winter anytime? 
Uh, well, the bottom line yeah. is that's that's not true. And matter of fact, not only yes, a lot of our summer birds do leave and head south where it's much warmer and, and they can enjoy the the, the tropical climates. Uh, but a lot of birds think we're in the tropics, like in the Midwest, is the tropics. They come out of Canada and they end up here and stay the winter here. So. There are birds here in the winter. There's actually a whole group of new birds that show up to spend the winter with us. So it's really important that we think about changing up our game going into winter and what we do in regards to the feeders that we put out and the type of foods that we put out and, and that type of thing. Oh, definitely. Really looking forward to those snowbirds because pretty much anywhere you live in North America, you might have some of those snowbirds showing up for winter. So yeah, let's jump into some of that. John, so I'm eager. Let's jump in and see what can we be doing to help take care of our birds for winter time. Let's start off with taking stock of your feeders. What do we have? What are they doing for the birds? What could they be doing for the birds that might be showing up, especially if we have different kinds of birds coming in, which I really love looking forward to some of these winter birds. So we'll talk about some of those as in just a moment but that first thing that I usually like to do of do I have the right feeders and with the feeders that are out there are they clean are they in good repair you know am I being a good host to these birds showing up and I want to make sure that they're going to be nice and clean and come on really who likes to clean bird feeders <laughs> I, <laughs> I think John might have a little bit more interest in cleaning feeders than I do uh, <laughs> He, he might uh, disagree with that. Yeah, I was going to say. Or that, yeah, no. No one, no one most, likes yeah, to clean no, feeders. They not. get nasty. But you think about the birds that are coming and feeding on these feeders multiple times a day, and it's best to have them clean. And it's easy enough to clean them. You can just get a, a soapy water solution, and maybe you need a little brush or a rag to wipe things down. Um, if you need to, you can sanitize them. Um, after you clean them up with a, a you know warm soapy water you can sanitize with like a 10% bleach solution some a really mild bleach solution um, give it a dip let it rinse out or let it air dry and uh, rinse it off if you need to before that and you should be good to go and yes John I do prefer to clean those with all that water before the cold weather is kicking in uh, Absolutely. And it does it makes me feel better that I know I'm giving clean feeders to the birds um, Absolutely. But it's also because you're you're handling those feeders while you're cleaning them, you're finding the parts that need repair. You know, whether there's a, a perch that's kind of off or you need a, a screw that's fallen off or, you know, whatever that kind of thing is, um, it's a good time. Get those repaired because it's just going to get worse as that winter weather kicks in. Yeah. You know, Brian, even our feeders, I mean, I believe our feeders are really high quality and they're tough as they can be. But, uh, you know, they're outside in the weather 24-7, 365. It's just a Indeed. really good idea to, to check them over, make sure you might need to put some new perch covers on or, you, you know, whatever it might be. But just just check them over just to make sure that everything's uh, functioning the way it's supposed to. You know, it, it's the foundational feeder. Do you have that one that tradition? It's like a hopper or a big cylinder feeder that is your foundational feeder. That is going to be the absolute feeder that you're going to maintain, you know. Uh, 365 days, if you will, it's going to always going to have food. It's going to be the most reliable and dependable source of food for the birds in your backyard. Uh, you know, there's cylinder feeders, there's trays, there's large tube feeders, there's finch feeders. You know, what is the, uh, the the balance, if you will, of what you're going to put out? And that a lot has to do with the type of birds you get. And if you get a lot of our visiting sparrows, 
in in the winter time, which are some of the most fun birds to have. Your white crowns, white throats, golden crowns, uh, things like that. Song sparrows. Man, I want to I want a tray feeder, or I want a hopper with a nice shelf on it. You know that type of thing, so that those birds feel comfortable coming to my feeders. So it's really kind of evaluating uh, which birds, you know, uh, are going to come, uh, you know, uh, to which feeders and what type of food. So it's time to, when you got them all clean, think through it. Make sure you've got all the ones that you want. And if not, you know, come see us and we'll take care of you and get you set up for the wintertime. Yeah, all the Wild Birds Unlimited stores, the backyard bird feeding experts with their certified bird feeding specialists. Yeah, they will help you with anything and everything you would want or need from that standpoint of I want to attract these kinds of birds, or I just want to attract some really cool birds that I heard are coming in. I don't know a lot about them. They'll help you with the right foods, with the right feeders, and the right placement in your yard. You can even take photos of your yard, and they will show you. They will help you out. They know what they're talking about. So, yeah, definitely go see the folks at your local Wild Birds Unlimited store. I love putting out the ground feeders setups and especially in wintertime have a tray over those because all those different uh, kinds of birds that come in that prefer to feed at ground level and having a, a roof over that uh, that ground feeding tray uh, really helps when the rains are coming or you get snows that come in uh, so I love all those <laughs> those wintering sparrows or I like you get in the uh, the Pacific Northwest area kind of that western the, the varied thrushes that come out of the mountains are beautiful. Yeah, we even had a varied thrush that, you know, one of those vagrant migrants, we talked about migrants in a previous episode, and um, those varied thrushes, we had one in Indiana just last week. Um, and every once in a while we'll get one. So you never know who's gonna show up. And it's really great when you have your feeder ready to go for them. Um, another feeder setup that um, I love to have out there too, and I know John, you love this too. Having fats out for the birds, absolutely. You know, fats in the forms of suet cakes. Oh man, um, fats in wintertime for a bird are really, really important because the birds, you know, just physiologically can eat those suets, or they can eat bark butter or bark butter bits. Bark butter bits and suets are my favorites to put out in wintertime because uh, lots of different birds come and feed on those, and physiologically they can. As they feed, those fats get deposited directly either for energy form or it just builds up as fat um, so that they can use that fat overnight to stay warm. Yeah, as I mentioned in the past, I'm a licensed bird bander, and when I catch the birds, I collect a lot of physiological data off the birds. And one of the cool things you can do with a bird is their skin is so thin, it's a, it's a weight-saving adaptation for being able to fly. Their, their, mm -hmm. their skin is very, very thin, and you actually see right through it. And you can see the red of the flight muscles, and you can see where they deposit fat. And it's using that little divot at the base of your throat. It's at the base of their wings and the base of their tails. And and the bottom line is you can literally see the fat deposits. And I can catch a bird in the wintertime in the morning at, say, a feeding station at a nature center, and that bird will have virtually no fat reserves. It will have used most of those fat reserves up overnight. I can catch that same bird at, say, 4 o'clock in the afternoon as it's been feeding on fats at suet feeders and that type of thing and guess what those places that it stores fats are now full of fat it's amazing how fast they can deposit that fat so it's really really cool so that's a that's a you're right brian that is one of my favorite foods to have out the activity level in the winter time at suet feeders and bark butter feeders and, and that type of thing are just it is just the, it just brightens your day every single day 
Yeah. Yeah. John, you're talking about the fats and how fast mm. you can physically see that. I could get on board with that kind of diet plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For you'll sure. 10% of your body weight overnight. I like that. That works. Yeah. Oh, man. Ah, to eat like a bird and to have <laughs> physiology <laughs> like a bird. You Another know, cool thing. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, I think you were going to say the same thing I was. Right? Well, we're—I think we're both excited. Reason we're <laughs> stepping on each other because we're both excited because Finches are uh, going to come visit. And if you—if you are not preparing this winter for what we call a Finch eruption, you should be. Uh, this is a, something that doesn't happen every single year, but there's a group of birds called winter finches, and this year looks like a really good year. Yes, it does. Pine siskins purple finches, of course, gold finches that are moving around. Um, and, and then of course the house finches too. And they all love, you know, have a feeder out. They love to come to Niger or a finch blend. And that's really one of those, I talked about cleaning your feeders. Finch feeders are really important to make sure you're keeping them clean. And, um, so having those feeders out with the right kinds of foods and watching, because we're already hearing all across uh, the lower 48 states, the um, pine siskins, the purple finches are just rolling into people's feeders, anywhere from just a few to a hundred on some of those pine siskins. Oh man, it's uh, amazing to see them come in and just all the different the vocalizations that look, they do a call like a zreet, uh, and they're just that cacophony of what they'll do. Fun to bring them in. I mean, have new feeders, new feeder birds coming in. Yeah, it's really truly, folks. If you're if you're uh, thinking about uh, you know having the best winter, watching your birds, uh, and again, looks like a lot of us are going to be stuck inside this winter. Uh, so this is going to be an exciting time, and to have you know house finches, purple finches, pine siskin, red-breasted nuthatch is another. It's not a finch, but it's another bird that's coming out of the north. Uh, into the to the lower 48 that we can all get and we're already seeing a lot of those so it's going to be honestly it's going to be potentially a really exciting year at uh, winter at the backyard feeders so go through that feeders go through the foods figure out what you want to put out there and then the next step is feeder placement where are you going to put these feeders make sure they're a safe distance in relationship to your house and your windows to prevent window strikes uh, spread out your feeding stations you know my backyard I kind of have I have a hopper all by itself. I have my fat feeding station, if you will. That's where I have my suet, my Telprop suet feeder, and my bark butter, uh, and and uh, suet cylinders feeder on that one. I have a different place for my finch. I have a, a station just simply that's for my uh, finches to come into. I have my Niger and my finch blend in there. So consider how you're going to lay out your backyard in regards to where you're going to place all these feeders. And the other thing, really, 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 really crucial, is to make sure that those feeders are somewhat sheltered. The mortal sin of a bird in the winter time is to be in the wrong place with the wind blowing in your back. You want to be able to keep the wind to your face or you want to be out of the wind, preferably. The number one thing is you want to be out of the wind because that'll chill a bird down quicker than anything. Uh, so if you can place your feeders where they're in some type of a sheltered environment, uh, you know, out of the wind, you'll get a lot more activity. If you are putting a feeder out there in the middle of the wind, they're not going to come to it. It's just, it's just, it's too, it's too, too much of an issue for them. So keep those uh, sh uh, feeder placements in places that are sheltered. That's, that's kind of a nice little uh, secret that people don't think about, John. That, yeah, if that feeder's out there in the middle of the winds, in the middle of wintertime, and they're not getting birds, well, now you know why. Um, and another good placement 
thing to keep in mind is how close are your feeders to the house? And ideally, John, you mentioned, you know, helping keep them safe from bouncing off the windows. We really don't want birds hitting the windows and hurting themselves. And so if you can put your feeders within three feet or about a meter from your windows, then one, you get to have great looks at them. And the other is if they get spooked off the feeder for some reason, maybe the, a hawk flies by or something runs through the yard or just a loud noise in the neighborhood, then if they fly off, they haven't built up enough speed to hurt themselves if they hit the window. Um, because when they get spooked, they don't think about where things are. They're just, boom, I'm trying to run away. Um, so about three feet away from the windows, or if you're gonna be, you can't get three feet from the windows, it's, it's out a little bit farther, go at least 10 feet away from your windows. That way, one, you know, you can help keep squirrels from jumping off your, your house or your roof or your deck um, over to those feeders. But then it also gives the birds time if they get spooked off the feeders as they're coming in the windows, then they can realize, oh yeah, there's something there and hopefully turn in time. And the further away you get from the windows, the, the safer that's gonna be for the birds to give them that time to react and turn. Yeah, placement is crucial for a lot of different reasons, and it's one of those things that we just don't think about. So this is this is again this is this is preparation for this winter. Yeah, again, you you try to get those feeders clean. You kind of decide which feeders you what foods you're going to have out. You try to figure out what placement you're going to have so it's safe, but also out of the wind and sheltered. And you will up your game in your backyard tremendously. Thing that really ups your game and getting birds in, in your backyard this winter is a heated source of water a bird bath not not the oh, jacuzzi yeah. and not, the, hot not tub. the jacuzzi oh man <laughs> <laughs> but a bird bath with a heater or, or a heated bird bath of some type and it doesn't make the water hot and boiling it just keeps it from freezing is all it really is doing uh, but having open water is so important to birds so uh Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I love keeping open water for the birds year round, but in winter time, it really can be pretty simple. You just want a durable bath. Um, it could be plastic, it could be metal, uh, resin, um, it could be a stone bath, something that's gonna be nice and durable in the weather with uh, freeze thaw times. And you could put a, um, a heater unit in it. You could also just get a heated bird bath where the, the heater unit is built in. And that's going to keep water available so they can at least come in and drink. But if you want to be able to give them the, an opportunity to bathe in some of those warmer days, then because birds still need to keep their feathers clean. And some of the species really like to come in and get some bathing done uh, just to help maintain their feathers, even in the really the cold, coldest times of winter. Uh, you want to bird bath sides that slope down no deeper than three inches. And then that way, as that gentle slope goes into the bath, the birds can find the depth that they want to comfortably go in and, and bathe in. Um, and then another, speaking about placement of feeders, placement <laughs> of bird baths. Yeah, really important. Yeah, how, how far away from some brush, a place where the birds, if they get wet, can hop over into and finish their preening, dry off a bit before they move on. Because if once their feathers get really wet, they're a little bit more prone to predators. And so they just need that place to hide and finish that preening, like I said, dry off a bit before they can be ready to rock and roll and get out into it. Yeah, so again, to kind of 
wrap this all up. And <laughs> I don't want it to sound like this is a lot of work, folks. And it's going to take a lot of time. <laughs> it doesn't uh, really. But, but it takes some time and thought, and, and it's the investment will be well worth it. And we really are looking at probably one of the hopefully we all have our fingers crossed at one of the most exciting winter bird feeding seasons we've had in a couple of years. And to make sure you have all those feeders ready and clean, the fact that you've figured out what foods and where you want to place all these feeders and you have the safe placement uh, in regards to windows and, and uh, being sheltered and out of the wind, uh, you got your water all ready to go with a heated bird bath or a, a heater in the bird bath, whichever. Uh, those types of things, you do all that, <laughs> and you're going to oh, have a great yeah. winter. You're going to have a great winter watching outside your windows, so it's very, very cool. And you got something that you can help do with your kids or grandkids definitely love these kids activities they're fun to come up with they're even more fun to do so you do you have shelter what about shelter for the birds so fun thing start talking with the kids about help create a vision for them to think about okay these little birds cold and shivering and hiding out there in the weather and hey you know what we've got ideas that we can have the kids help the birds. So one of those, I talked about sticks in my yard. Maybe you have a lot of trees in your yard. Sticks just kind of get shed, especially, you know, the fall, late summer and fall. And my kids growing up, they're like, oh, we got to pick up sticks again. Uh, maybe you have that similar situation, but a great reason for picking up those sticks is so you can make a little brush pile. We talked about giving that shelter for the birds to get out of some of that weather or have a place to to jump and hide away from predators. Having a little brush pile or two in your yard, especially in winter, is a great way to help attract a few more birds. And whatever birds are already there, you're going to give them that place for shelter and safety. Something else you could do, especially if you don't have a lot of sticks or you want to add extra shelter places, some birds like to hide in cavities. They like to roost in cavities overnight in winter and get out of the weather. So you could transform one of your nest boxes into a winter roosting cavity. Just clean it out, make sure it's repaired in case there are any damages from just the weather or over time. And then you can plug the ventilation holes along the sides or back and then the drain <coughs> holes in the bottom to help trap warm air inside. You could use something like foam weather stripping or some duct tape on the outside. Um, or if you have some carpentry skills and the, the tools and availability, build your own roost box. Now, of course, you could go buy your own roost box, um, but it could also be fun as an activity to do. And you can check out our show notes for links to some of our partner pages on how to winterproof your birdhouse, as well as roost box plans from some great states and organizations that have some really nice and simple plans that you can do. But whatever you're going to do, it can all help make a difference for the birds this winter and help not just them, but help you see a lot more birds. Yeah, and there's other things you can do to help that'll really make a difference too. Um, and we've said all along, we are the um, champions for the National Wildlife Federation's uh, certified wildlife habitat program. And uh, we are in every one of our podcasts, we have a promotion, if you will, about something you can do. And uh, one of those things right now, really to think about, it's perfect time of the year to be planting new shrubbery in your backyard and the right type of shrubs native shrubs are incredibly important to your birds and really two different reasons one some of them provide food and it's really cool the way this works because uh, depending on whether it's a uh, holly winterberry holly or viburnums or hawthorns or wax myrtles or bayberry or dogwoods whatever it might be 
they really stage food throughout the entire winter. Right now, dogwoods are in berry, and boy, the birds love those things. They're high in fat, and the birds come through during migration and use those for fuel. So they're they're pretty much gone early. You know, late fall, early winter, they're gone. The things like a winterberry holly, one of my favorite here in the Midwest, is a beautiful little red berry on this deciduous holly. It stays on. You don't see that disappear until after the first of the year. Some of these fruits have to go through a freeze-thaw cycle or two before they actually become palatable to the birds. And so, therefore, these native plants stage the appropriate fruits and seeds throughout the entire winter for these birds. So it's really important to think natives and what they can do. And it's another thing is the shelter. We've talked about two or three times different things, whether it's a brush pile, whether it's a roosting box, whether it's providing your feeders out of the wind. It's also shelter by shrubs and, and trees, pines and spruces and hemlocks and cedars and junipers, things that really provide a dense cover for them to get into and roost in overnight. I've got a bunch of cedars in my front yard and they are big roosting trees. My chickadees and, and titmice go in there and that type of thing. So really think about the habitat. You can go on uh, our wbu.com website and check out our certification page for the National Wildlife uh, Certification Program. And uh, that'll lead you to lots and lots of resources that'll help that. So Ryan, any, any uh, other words of wisdom today about getting ready for winter? You know, John, kind of alluded to those fall chores are for, <laughs> fall chores are for the birds. <laughs> but I, it does become something. It's become something I look forward to because as I'm doing those chores, I know what's coming. I know that I can get excited about seeing some new birds showing up and seeing some new activity and knowing I'm helping the birds out uh, with wintertime because it's it's a it's a tough time of year. Uh, you have shortened day lengths, and so they have to work a little bit faster and a little bit more effective to find the, the foods and energies they need just to make it through the longer nights. So I, I'd almost say I enjoy doing these fall chores, <laughs> but it's more I enjoy the benefits of what happens by yeah. doing these fall chores. Actually, we've had such a beautiful fall that I don't even don't even object to doing it. I mean, it's just beautiful to be outside, and, and whatever oh, I'm sure. doing, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. So, All right, well, I think we've done a fairly respectable job today uncovering <laughs> uh, what you need to do to get ready for your birds this winter. <laughs> well, I know hope everyone had fun and learned some things, and you're going to change maybe your mindset about, okay, I will get out, I'll do some of these things, because I know I'm going to look forward to stuff. So hope you enjoyed that and learned some new stuff today. So on behalf of all of us here at Wild Birds Unlimited, we thank you for joining us for this uh, episode of Nature Centered Podcast. And join us next time because we're really, truly going to let nature be our guide with what our topic will be. So it's a little bit of a mystery what's going to be loaded up in about two weeks from now. So thank you. Take care and be safe. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered. <laughs>